a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus, and he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed. We were adopted as sons of God. Uh, I think... Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? Hey, welcome to Table Talk Radio. This is an exciting addition because we oh, just gained yes, another is. listener by having a guest on the show. Uh, we want to introduce... <laughs> Uh, no, I, the Flammy. I don't know the official title because I know uh, there's like this lead administrative missionless pastor title. That, That's me. And then That's w- me. What's uh, what's Pastor Flammy's official title? I think he's known as the other guy, Senior Pastor Flammy. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> take it easy. It's all going to depend on the results of this contest. The Iron Preacher. All right. So the winner of the contest uh, gets the corner office and <laughs> the title of Brian the Greater. Is that? Yeah, and the uh, and the host of the radio show from now on. <laughs> There's a lot riding on there, this. There is the hope, flammy. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get right to it. We're doing the Iron Preacher, so we need to get to the text, and then uh, Pastor uh, Flammy, you can begin writing your sermon. Uh, whenever you would like. But the text is Matthew chapter 12, 33 through 37. It says, Either make the good tree and its fruit good, or the or make the bad tree and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks that which is, fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you, every careless word that the people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your word you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Thus far the text. So I'll let you go ahead and get started, Pastor Flammy. He's, right. he's going good. for it. Oh, right. I can watch, I can watch him composing the sermon <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> that, that might be considered cheating. But in the, <laughs> in the meantime, Pastor Wolf, you and I will talk about uh, preaching in general. Now, yeah, we had, now look at, we had a fill in judge today, too. Oh, yeah, you're The normal judge is unavailable. That's right. I'm not quite sure this is fair. I'm not entirely sure if he's unavailable or if he's ignoring our calls. One of the two I, things. I think, I mean, I was sure to win because normally Dr. Fikincher would just pick the preacher who was the oldest. So I was <laughs> I was a shoo-in for a victory today. But well, alas. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah, uh, I would be worried. I'm, but I am a completely objective judge, so I have no dog in this fight whatsoever. So, so, so tell me, how do you judge a sermon? Oh, I, well, I am looking, first and foremost, a proper division of, or I should say, a distinction between law and gospel. See, I think there's a temptation, and this text might—now I'm, no, I'm giving you tips here. But um, this text in particular gives us the, the temptation over there listening, to so say, <laughs> uh, hey, if, if you speak evil, then you're evil. If you 
speak good, then you're good. Therefore, be good. <laughs> speak good things, and you'll be justified. And there's a temptation in that. And so it'll be uh, interesting to see how our preachers deal with this text, how we can bring gospel into this, Christ and him crucified. Um, because that's a fascinating thing. You hear uh, the writers of Holy Scripture, like St. Paul, say, I concern to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. Uh, you have John the Baptist saying, hey, look, behold Christ. And then you have to uh, the most modern preachers today say, behold the Christian. <laughs> Behold, it's you who can do good things. So mm-hmm. this is the temptation of, of preachers today. So so that the sermon delivers Christ. Uh, now, you, you mentioned law and gospel, so uh, unfold that for us a little bit. What do you mean by law and gospel? I, I appreciate these questions because they're ones that I can handle. Um, <laughs> well, no, so Don't we, worry. We, they're going to get harder, when we, I'm sure. When we, when we, come, uh, when we read the Scriptures— These are um, as tough as I can think of because I'm also creating a new profile for my new Twitter handle. Ooh, that, that sounds exciting. Creating well, a profile and interviewing you at the same time. <laughs> I'm sure that's nothing different than normal. Uh, so, long gospel, we have, as we read the Scriptures, uh, primarily two words that come to us. that When God speaks— um, his work comes to us in, in maybe two different ways, doing two, two different things uh, upon us. Um, and that is his word of law, which reveals to us our sins and uh, what we deserve because of them. And so th- these are all the passages in the Scriptures where you have uh, God telling us what to do or what not to do. Um, what, when, uh, when he says what he expects of us, uh, when it puts us in the driver's seat, then we know we're hearing law. And the result of that, because of our original sin that we've inherited from Adam, is uh, is always going to be wrath, God's wrath, uh, death, you know, our our failure to keep God's God's laws. Because we remember when Jesus came along, all the Pharisees thought they were uh, keeping the commandment. And, uh, and uh, Jesus says, uh, hey, look, not only are you murdering someone when you take their life, cause them to stop breathing or make their heart stop beating. Uh, but you're also murdering in your heart when you hate uh, your brother. And so what the Pharisees once thought that they were doing a good job saying, hey, look, God told me what to do. I am doing it. Therefore, I'm righteous. Jesus comes and says, you're not understanding the scriptures. You're not understanding God's word. God's word, when he tells you to do something, is to show you that you don't do it because uh, you're you're born not in the family of God. You're born uh, as a as a, a child of the devil, uh, an object now, of now, God's wrath. Now, wait a minute. So I thought it was that, and, and you hear this a lot, that if God commands it, then surely we can do it, so that the purpose of the law is to show us what we can do. Um, that was true in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> but ever since then, our our will has has been completely uh, turned uh, away from God. And so now, because of this original sin, that is we, the great theological word for you, my uh, buzzword, is concupiscence, <laughs> which I just decided on the spot because it worked into the yep. conversation. Oh, uh, concupiscence is that we are inclined towards evil, that this is something that we inherit. And so uh, we, look, you, um, uh, you put a, a dog in a room uh, and you don't expect that he's just going to sit still, especially if like a cat runs by or something like that. It's it's the dog's instinct to chase the cat or the animal or squirrel, whatever it is. And uh, you you put a sinner in a room and say, "All right, now don't sin." It's just not going to work. A sinner sins. That's what, what about if you put him outside and say, "Don't sin." 
Still, <laughs> he's okay, still sick. Now, what what the law does then is comes. So the in the room part was just extra. Yeah, it was just adding flavor. It could be in a pen. It could be in the dog. You know, wherever you want. You can put the center okay. top yeah. of the mountain. Doesn't matter. All right. Now, right. see, so th- this is just the reality of of our nature being born into this world of uh, descendants of Adam and Eve. Now, what the law does is it's it's the uh, the test results. It's the diagnosis. It comes along and says. Hey, you're already a sinner, but now through the word of God's word, the the the, the commands, the, the the Ten Commandments, now I see that I run afoul of God's uh, perfect demands. Now, so that means every time the scriptures tell us to do something, we're going to see our failure to do so. Um, however, the other word that we have in the scriptures is the word of gospel, and this promises eternal life. Now, because we just got done talking about that, uh, the uh, Man, we, I didn't even have to ask you about the gospel. You just went. Well, I can't just talk about the law and just leave you hanging. Uh, right. But but well, we, because we already discussed, you're that, easy to interview, I, I man. Cannot, I've almost got this Twitter profile. I, I never get here. a minute on the on these airwaves to say a thing or two, so I will store it up for things. <laughs> this is all your pent up theology. Yeah, it's all coming out. These are all the wonderful things you're missing when you interrupt me all the time. <laughs> Man, Flammy, by the way, has two minutes left in his sermon preparation. Good luck. He's already done. Oh, done? Oh, no, he's not done. (laughs) No, I I suppose we could do this. Uh, He is done. Look, he's done. Don't show me. Don't start preaching yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got two minutes. (laughs) A minute and a half now. No, okay, so we've already already discussed how we cannot do what uh, is expected of us. So if we are going to be right before God, if we're going to... meet his expectations, if we're going to be declared uh, righteous before him, it won't be by our doing, it's going to be by the gift of God. So that that God sends his son, and he lives that perfect life that we could not, and then we get credit to our account the perfection, obedience, and righteousness that he earned, and he gives it to us as a gift. So that means everything in the scriptures that are about the love and mercy of God bestowing to us uh his righteousness and being made right with God and justification, all that is the gospel, and those are going to be the parts that are not talking about man moving, acting, or doing, but about God moving, acting, and doing to the sinner. Now, we have to keep these two words separate, uh, or at least distinguished, because if I come along to, um, uh, to the bank robber and say, hey, God loves you, the bank robber's going to be like, great! Hold this back, <laughs> uh, but but uh, if, if if you come along to the person who's who's broken their sins, they know the fullness of uh, their depravity before God, and you say you are a sinner that deserves God's wrath, you're just plunging them deeper into despair. So, with these last ten seconds, we want to uh, affirm that uh, Christ gives us His gift uh, of the gospel, particularly to those who are repentant of their sins, but those who are hard in their sins, secure in their sins. They need to hear more of the, the law of God about how we run afoul of this holy and righteous God. Nice. How's that? Man, I'm glad I'm not preaching against you. Well, in the next segment, you're going to be writing your sermon as we hear Pastor Flammy. But uh, we'll go to a commercial break first. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I am preacher, Pastor Brian Flammy versus Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, both pastors of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. We'll be right back.
Table Talk Radio. The disaster continues. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, Excellence in Christian Journalism. Today's edition features Iron Preacher, Pastor Brian Wolfmiller versus Pastor Brian Fleming. Now, uh, Pastor Wolfmiller, first things first, yes. you have to get out of here because All right. not, we can't just simply put you in executive session because you are in the same room. In the studio. <laughs> people don't. Right. Uh, people wonder, sometimes... People don't sometimes don't realize our setup here that I'm in uh, Southern Oregon and you are both in Aurora, Colorado, and sure. so uh, we can't just shut off your feed. You actually have to physically re- remove yourself from the presence. So you still want of me to flammy. preach on this text, uh, Matthew twelve thirty three? Yeah, Matthew thirteen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Matthew twelve, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew twelve thirty three through thirty seven. All right, I'm All right. on it. All right, get out of here. Now that Pastor Wolf Miller, Pastor Wolf Miller's gone, Pastor Flamini, what is it really like uh, serving there at Hope Lutheran Church? What a wonderful <laughs> question! It's actually a delight. I, I, I bet it is. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, yeah. Well, the way this works is you have uh, five minutes and no more uh, to preach this text, and uh, if you go over, you'll hear a quite annoying uh, buzzer go off. So you'll you'll have to keep within five minutes. But whenever you're ready, please uh, preach your text. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Jesus speaks about our words. The things that come from our hearts, because he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, when we hear this, and we look at our hearts, immediately we should be terrified because we know that nothing good dwells within us. We know that our intentions are not good. We see our neighbor in need and we do not reach out our hand to help them. We see our our neighbor uh, enjoying the benefits of God and we begrudge him for it. Instead of loving him, we hate him. And not only does this stay with our intentions in our heart, It comes to true expression in our words. That we speak against our neighbor. That when my brother or sister does something that that makes me jealous or makes me mad, I say, stop. I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. I hate you. These are the words that Jesus is talking about that will be judged. And if we have to be justified by these words, we are indeed in a sorry state. This means that our hearts are corrupt, more than just corrupt. It shows that our hearts are utterly evil, and in fact, they're just stone dead. Carelessness is really our language. Our vocabulary is really nothing but lies. And we've learned that from the devil himself. Even as Christians, Jesus' words still pertain to us. They serve as a mirror for us to examine our own hearts, to see the kind of heart that we truly do have. Now, Jesus also mentions in this text that either the tree has to be good and its fruit good or the tree is bad and its fruit bad. Obviously, the fruit of our tree, the fruit that comes from our mouth is bad. This speaks to us 
that uh, it tells us that our tree, who we are, is, is bad. Now, if a tree is bad, if our hearts are stone and dead, what's to help them? Where can we find help for this? David, David preaches in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. And this, dear, dear saints, is pure gospel. It's pure gospel because it, it shows us that, yes, our tree is bad. Yes, our heart is stone-cold dead. And yes, the words that come out of our, our mouth are, are pure poison and wickedness and evil. But nevertheless, God himself has taken upon himself the, the, uh, the work of making us alive. He takes what is dead and makes it alive. In fact, in the very next section, Jesus tells this evil and adulterous generation that no sign will be given to it at all except the sign of Jonah. And that is the sign of death and resurrection. And it starts with Jesus' own death and resurrection. That he was nailed to the cross in your place to bear the judgment that you deserved with all of your wicked thoughts and words. All of this he gladly suffered for your sake on the cross. But it didn't end at Jesus' death. On the third day, the Father vindicated his Son by raising him up to new life. And this new life, this resurrected life, is given to you in your baptism. In the very words that Jesus speaks into your ears right now by saying that you are forgiven, you are my child, and I love you. Only these words that come from Jesus' own lips impart spirit and life. It takes what was stone-cold dead and makes it alive, just as David was saying. And this is our comfort. We know that according to Jesus' words, we now speak. This is how Christians are known among one another and among the world. By our conformity to Jesus' own, to, 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 to Jesus own uh, speech, his own words. That he has given us a new heart, not just a living heart that runs off on its own, but a heart that rests secure in his doctrine, his words which impart life. All right. Amen. That was like <laughs> that was like a buzzer beater right at the. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, let let's leave Pastor Wolfman out there. I want to ask you a few questions about this text. Uh, some of the things you considered as you were preparing your sermon. Oh um, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I liked the the, uh, the part of this text where it's talking about the um, the brood of vipers, you being evil. You attributed that to the here um, uh, versus uh, you know those of you who are evil, and then those of you who are good. Uh, why does the, the preacher approach the text in that way? The preacher approaches uh, the text in that way because uh, we have to understand that every time we approach the Bible, uh, it's not speaking to us as if uh, we're already okay with God. Instead, we have to be told from the Bible, from Jesus, that he makes us good. He makes, he makes us into what he wants us to be. That is his dear saints, and he does that through his word. And so, outside of Scripture, we're always dead. Uh, but in the words of Holy Scripture, we find life. And especially when it comes to a text like this that is speaking hard and condemning law, uh, to say to myself before I get done reading it, this has to be talking about something, something or someone else because I'm a pretty good person. That's not, to do, that's not doing justice to, to what Jesus is saying. 
I, I read I read this uh, chapter I gave you Matthew twelve uh, thirty three and following and and in in those uh, short five verses uh, I don't see anything that would be necessarily particular to any given church denomination or, or Christian church body uh, but I, though I think that um, our Lutheran theology would inform us on a proper understanding of this text. Uh, versus maybe the non-denominational pastor. Uh, what is the difference, uh, Pastor Femi, uh, between a way that maybe a, a Lutheran pastor or, or preacher would read this text versus the kind of everyday, modern, non-denom uh, type pastor might read this text? So yeah, so the, I, I'm, I'm guessing with the non-denom guys, they're, they're big into a theology of obedience, you know, that once you've made your decision for Jesus, you really uh, get into a life of obedience. And so uh, the starting point for this text, if you're talking to all the people who have already made the decision for Jesus, is that, you know, be careful of everything that you say, uh, that, that it doesn't slip up because, you know, you can backslide and you don't want to do that. Uh, but instead, we have to understand that even as uh, the Lutheran would say, uh, know that the hard condemning law still stands even for the Christian who has been baptized by Jesus in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that, that Satan is still attacking us. That uh, he is leading us into uh, uh, into sin, you know. He's whereas Jesus gives us a life of flesh, uh, or I'm sorry, a heart of flesh. That the Satan is trying to kill it again uh, through his attacks and through the deceit of the world. And so we have to preach this against, uh, well, the dead part of the heart that we have. In fact, our hearts, if we take a hard look at them, are, are are always dead in and of themselves. And the goodness and the righteousness that we have isn't one of obedience necessarily, but we see it in the imputed righteousness of Jesus, which we have by faith. And uh, certainly we talk about sanctification, you know, renewal of the new man in us. And we delight in the law of God according to that new will. But that sanctification means nothing if it's disconnected or separate uh, from the words of life which imputes Jesus' own perfect righteousness to us first. Okay, so so what you're saying is that as the... As the typical non-denom pastor is going to present sanctification, that is um, conformance to the law, uh, behavior modification, improvement, uh, obedience, as you said. Whereas in what you're presenting is that uh, sanctification is not in a training of the flesh, but it is uh, what an incorporation with the life of Christ, that, that Christ himself is that sanctification, that holiness. Yeah, so Jesus gives us perfect holiness, and this is what we're going to be judged by before the, the throne of God. Uh, certainly in this life, uh, Jesus is training us in righteousness, and he does that through his law. And uh, you know what? I, I may have good days and bad days, too. Uh, but nevertheless, even though I'm striving to do good works for my neighbor, and so that my neighbor can see those good works and rejoice because of those, uh, I always know that my standing before God the Father in heaven uh, what Jesus is talking about in this passage comes from a righteousness not within myself, but always found in what Jesus says and what he gives to me through his word. All right. Well, let's get Pastor Wolfner back in here, and then we're going to go to a break. Do uh, you want to holler at him, Pastor Flamley? Okay. Yeah, I'll go get him. Okay. And then when we get back from this break, we're going to uh, listen to Pastor Wolfner's sermon on the same text, Matthew chapter 12, 33 through, uh, 30, uh, 33 through 37. And uh, see how it compares with Pastor Flemmy's. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. More Iron Preacher right after this. Thank God for the preacher who told me of Jesus. For I'd be a beggar if not for his grace. Lord, help me show. 
a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. This is Table Talk Radio. Don't worry, you'll get to hear about the absurdities they're laughing at later. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, and welcome back to Pastor Wolfmuller to the Table Talk Radio studio. Thank you. Nice to be back here in my office. <laughs> now, uh, now, you you have a tough uh, tough sermon to preach because says you because you didn't hear Pastor Flammy's sermon, which is rock solid, by the way. All right. So uh, this is this better <laughs> be good. Is what He's I'm saying. flaunting. I've never seen him dance like this. Norm- normally, you know he's what he got- does when he has some sort of successful sort of thing? This is the flammy. The flammy shout. It's like this. Woo! <laughs> Did he do that after the sermon? Yeah. How'd you know? Uh, does he do that <laughs> in the pulpit? Instead of amen? Is he, cause, Woo! I mean, does he, like, kiss his biceps after the preaching or anything like that? Like, <laughs> spike the Bible. <laughs> yeah! Spike the sermon manuscript and... <laughs> Like that, you see that commercial, uh, what is that, of uh, the the Iggy Shuffle? <laughs> yeah, I got some cold cuts. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's what he's like. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's well-deserved. So let's hear your sermon, Pastor Wolfman, there whenever you're ready. I can't do it without that big intro. Aren't you going to do the awesome intro? No, no. Live from the pulpit of Hope Luther <laughs> Church. I got to do it myself. Wait, wait, wait. I've got to turn on my Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. I'll try to do it without the intro. Okay. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. A tree, says Jesus, is known by its fruit. Uh, the, the, The tree is the heart, and what grows from the heart is the fruit, and especially Jesus is talking about the fruit of works, and especially in this text, the fruit of words. Out of the heart, says Jesus, the mouth speaks. Now, Jesus will talk about the condition of the heart in plenty of places. He'll say the heart is full of all sorts of wickedness, adultery, murder, idolatry, theft, and greed. In fact, the more we consider our own heart, the worse we realize we are. We, we reach the depths of our heart and we cry out the horror, the horror, and the fruit that comes out of the wicked heart of man is our condemnation. It is the wicked words, wicked thoughts, and wicked deeds that grow out of our wicked heart. Jesus says in one place that if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to go into heaven with one arm than to go into hell with both arms. If your eye causes you to sin, then pluck it out, because it's better to go to heaven with one eye than to be condemned and have them both. But it is not your hand or your eye that causes you to sin. It is your heart, and there is no removing that. Now, the worst of this is that the heart not only produces all sorts of sin, but essentially our heart is proud. And from our heart not only comes sin, but also boasting and boasting of ourselves, of our own goodness, of our own greatness, of our own strength, of our own power. That's the kind of thing that really comes from the heart, that we are our own gods, that we have deserved God's kindness, that we are good people and therefore should go to heaven. But the law casts us down so that, as St. Paul says, every mouth is stopped. The profusion of sin and pride that comes out of our wicked hearts is stopped by the law so that out of the wicked heart comes nothing at all but silence. But Jesus, who turns water to wine, 
Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus who spoke and the universe bounded into into being, this one takes your wicked heart of stone, of sin, of enmity, and pride. He crushes it. He grinds it to dust, and he gives you a new heart, a heart of flesh, the new birth, the heart that is filled with faith, that, that trusts in the Lord's word. And out of that heart comes words of faith, boasting, not in itself, but boasting in Christ, boasting in his life, in his death, in his cross, in his kindness. Out of this new heart, words are spoken. I am a poor, miserable sinner. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But that heart also says, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. And with this new heart, we confess. And with this new heart, says Jesus, we are justified, declared holy in his sight. Amen. Amen. All right. Are you sure you don't want to preach for another one minute, 40 minute, one minute, 40 seconds? That was three and a half minutes only? Yeah. Man. <laughs> well, Having Flammy here made me nervous. I, I <laughs> can see why. Okay, but I, before I, I offer a little critique here, um, yeah. after Flammy preached his sermon, we talked about maybe the distinction um, between Lutheran, uh, way a Lutheran would, would approach this text. Uh, versus maybe a typical non-denom guy uh, preacher. Yeah, how'd I do? Did I do it like um, a non-dom guy? Pretty much. But but <laughs> but we we were talking kind of in the in the sense of of a material principle. I want to talk to you about that approach in the formal principle. That is to say, uh, how would a Lutheran approach the pulpit itself, the 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 art of preaching, versus a, a non-denom preacher? Well, I you know there's different. Flam- the Flammy over there knows all these different causes, so you got a different reason that motivates you to get into the pulpit. You have a different goal that you're aiming for, uh, different material that you bring to it there. But basically, the evangelical enters the pulpit with two reasons, with, with two audiences. To the Christian, he is trying to increase their good works. That is the goal of pietism. And to the unbeliever, he's trying to move them to make a decision for Christ. That's a revivalism. So, um, you know, there's three parts to the evangelical service, uh, revivalism, pietism, and mysticism. And the praise band takes care of the mystic part, and the preacher takes care of the pietist and, uh, and, and uh, revivalist part. So those are the two kind of purposes. And it's odd, because that means that the Christian doesn't, doesn't get the gospel. That's for the unbeliever. Uh, the gospel is for the person who doesn't know Christ, or at least mm-hmm. what might get close to the gospel. Uh, but for the Christian, you get instruction. This is how you're supposed to live, and um, and your growth in that in those good works, in fact, are your confidence. That's where your uh, that's where your confidence and hope comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember um, somewhere along the way, someone was trying to tell me about particular things that uh, a preacher can do so that the people, uh, you know, remember the sermon throughout the week. And I remember thinking, that's not my goal. <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so there's a difference between if, if this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is if this is going, you know, being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. Well, there, yeah, it's a difference between I suppose between taste and nutrition. 
So yeah, you remember right. the taste, but the nutrition is what, in fact, gives you the life. So you can eat things that tasted terrible. You can ask Pastor Flammy about army food, I suppose, but <laughs> but it keeps you alive. Uh, but then you can eat things that taste fantastic, but doesn't help you at all. So if the whole goal is that the thing tastes good and not that it keeps you alive, then we're missing the point. I mean, Jesus' words are words of life. Uh, well said. Okay, well, it's time for me then to render a judgment. Aha! And, uh, oh, this will be so let, easy. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me speak uh, to maybe some of the differences. I noticed in Pastor Wolfmuller's sermon, he had this nice uh, kind of discussion of the, the, the parts of the body that is uh, the lips and the hands, uh, but that is not what's causing the sin, it is the heart, and then connecting that um, the heart to the lip. Um, also, w- another thing I like from Pastor Wolfmuller's sermon was that he talked about how the Lord then um, uh, what he does with this sinful heart, that he that he uh, brings this sinful heart to destruction, and then also connects it to uh, the confession that we have in the divine service, that we would confess our sins, I, a poor, miserable sinner. And that's very helpful for the listener. Uh, Flammy's sermon had its, uh, in, its, um, in, in its advantages that the, the law was preached in its full sternness to the hearer. That is to say, rather than, and you did this a little bit too, Pastor Wolfman, but rather than talking about you know, our sinful hearts, he's talking to the person and saying, you with your sinful heart. Oh, uh, he this, beat this, me with the prepositions. Re- That's right. <laughs> no, what are those called? Those are called some pro. Oh, he beat me with pronouns. The pronouns. Yeah. Uh, so, so that now the the hearer is the one of the of he, I mean, he's in the crosshairs of of God ultimately. That this is who God says that I am. So now, when you come along and say, um, you you read uh, Jesus' words that. Uh, uh, the man who brings his uh, the evil man who brings his evil treasure. This is not a study of theological anthropology as much as this is describing you, you with your evil evil desires, your evil treasures. So for that reason, I am going to favor Pastor Flammy as the winner of this round of man. Iron Preacher. Welcome, Ooh, congratulations, Pastor here Pastor I come. Flammy. Yeah, <laughs> corner office. You get the title of lead pastor, Brian the Greater. What else do you want? What is it again? Intentional Senior Lead Administrative Missionalist. <laughs> Islam. But you know what I, who, you know who I haven't heard from in a long time? No, who? Our dear friend, Lumpy. Hey, Lumpy is here. What? Uh, let me put him on. This is Lumpy. I'm here. Lumpy, where you hey, been? Hey, hey, it's been a while, but I'm not here for myself. I'm, in, I'm here to introduce you to a friend of mine. You, wait, Lumpy, you have friends? One friend. This guy is friends with everybody, though, so it was easy. Uh-huh. Now, I, I, it's kind of odd to introduce you to this friend because he doesn't. He only goes by his Twitter handle. Uh, he doesn't go by his real name, but <laughs> okay, his Twitter is handle is at Mission Vision 1962. At Mission uh, or Vision actually, 19- actually, it's at 60. Mission Vision 62. So he, I want to introduce you to him, and he's going to tell you about his exciting new ministries. Okay, so uh, at Mission Vision 62 will be joining us for the last segment of Table Talk Radio. After this commercial break, we'll uh, stay on here with uh, Brian the Greater and uh, hear a little bit from uh, Brian the Lesser as well. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we're going to be talking about, um, what are we talking about? Uh, best practices for ministry here on Table Talk Radio. Find out the mission.
Survival Talk Radio for those who have tried everything else to get a good night's sleep. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We have a plethora of guests. Not only did you have Pastor Brian Wolfmiller, regular co-host of Table Talk Radio, and myself, yes, Evan Gibbline. We also have Pastor Brian Flammy, pastor of uh, Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, and yep. also our brand new guest at Mission Vision 62. Welcome at Mission Vision 62. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity <laughs> to be on the radio and tell you about my ministries and my missions and visions. How did you come to know Lumpy, anyway? Uh, we met at a conference. I'm a, I'm a regular at the conferences. Uh-huh. I don't know what Lumpy was doing there, sitting there ugly in the corner, smoking his pipe. I think he was tweeting things, too. I, I, was, telling, uh, I was telling Lumpy, though, that I am a missionalist. I am hyper-missionified, and I am uh, a church growth consultant. I You know, uh, my logo is... Uh, trust me as far as you can cast your vision of me. <laughs> no, I'm I sure, am a vision caster. I'm, I'm sure your your consultant services are vastly expensive, but could, is there a place people could get just kind of tidbits of information? Oh, yeah. I am offering free church growth consulting advice on Twitter at MissionVision62. It's a real thing. Oh, very good. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I did that during the first segment. I mean... <laughs> so I'm well established. Just all this for free? Oh, oh yeah, for free. I mean, wow. for, well, it just gets you hooked. I, I, I mean, think... once it's like a chiropractor, you know. I mean, once you're completely <laughs> enabled to run a church yourself without me, then I'll I'll get the big money out. But right for now, it's free, and I'm also offering to come on to Table Talk Radio, or as I would prefer it to be called, T squared R. Okay, yeah, we talked about I that would... actually. What we talked about that actually when. Uh, few Who weeks thought ago. of that? Um, I don't know. He did that, Pastor Wolfmuller. Um, I'm suspicious that he is an undercover church growth operative. We're looking into that. Um, now, now I I, I am willing that... to come on Table Talk Radio and answer Twitter questions on the air for free, like uh, like um, well, like a church growth consultant on Table Talk Radio. That's what I'm willing to do. So, all right, folks. if you, dear listener, could tweet your questions. And profound insights to at Mission Vision sixty two. Uh, then we uh, will come on when we get enough of those and respond to them. Well, I imagine the conference you met Lumpy at was the same conference that uh, Pastor Flammy was at. <laughs> uh, the the best practices for ministry. Uh, Pastor Flammy, tell us about uh, a little. What what was your first impression walking into the best practices for ministry conference? Yeah, so walking into it, uh, well, it was being hosted by. A church at a church, which uh, encouraged me. I mean, it's it's good for for these sorts of uh, conferences to be done in sort of a cle- in an ecclesial environment. But uh, it, it quickly became apparent, I think, when I was there, that uh, the, the folks who were there, uh, either presenting or having conversations among themselves concerning the ministry, were using uh, really a different vocabulary from what I was used to. And so I tried to set to work to try to understand that. And uh, it, it, what, what kind of words did you need help under? I can. Oh, this yeah. is mission vision here. <laughs> this is mission vision stuff. Okay. Great. I can I can help translate some of those words. Okay. How about how about this one for a start? Uh, what does it mean to be empowered? <laughs> oh man, this is going to be tough. That's a secret of us missionalists. But so here's the idea. 
empowerment is as opposed to authority. So we know the Bible talks about authority and it talks about power. At least those people that study the Bible tell me that. And <laughs> getting confused in all the characters here. Stay in, stay on target. Now, uh, authority comes from office, but empowerment is about who you are. So in, to be empowered means to be energized towards something that someone else wants you to do. So the leader has a vision, which he casts in front of you, mm -hmm. giving you the things that you are supposed to pursue. And then he comes alongside you and empowers you to fulfill that vision. Aha. Uh -huh. So I'm empowered to do your will. <laughs> okay, I'm Shh, top I'm, secret. I'm more interested in talking to the the person who went to the actual conference here. Um, not, hey, what are you so, saying? <laughs> I cannot be marginalized. So, Pastor Flam, you're having a conversation, which means you're required to listen to I'm, me. I'm just having a different vision for this <laughs> for this segment than you are. All right, I'm going to sign off here, and I'll come back later and answer all your questions at Mission Vision 62. I'll put Pastor Wolfmuller back on the microphone. Oh Lord have mercy. Okay, uh, Pastor Flammy, now you. Mentioned kind of a, a different vocabulary together. Pants are tight. Could you, could you nail down <laughs> kind of a material principle for for the conference? I mean, what is the what is the main oh, teaching? What is the main goal? What is what's it all about? How would you boil it down? I I, I really think the main goal uh, for most of the people who were there uh, was basically reaching out and saving a world in crisis of of dying and uh, of death. I mean, so they have this. Uh, uh, really keen insight into the world as that which is dying. Uh, they have the missions, uh, which I guess are sort of like the life preserves that they throw out into the world through their various missions, whatever those may be. Uh, uh, and uh, they would, the died people would be caught in those. They'd bring them into the church. And, uh, and in the church, they, they form relationship between one another and also form uh, relationship, and they even use the word deep relationship between themselves and God, and uh, this experience, uh, this experience laden relationship, I think was the ultimate goal for what they were going for. I, I'd like to see a, a quick round of uh, kick the dog, comfort the child. Now, Pastor Wolfman, I'm going to have you kick the dog. All right, Flammy, uh, comfort the child. So first, if Pastor Wolfman, the uh, pa pastor down the road, comes up and says, "Hey, uh, Brian." I'm going to be teaching at this uh, best practice for ministry. Uh, my this, the title of my session is "Casting Your Vision." Go. <laughs> Look at the only vision that the Bible talks about. Oh, that, that I shouldn't. I don't have to kick the door. This happened actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, um, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> I was not. All right. No, so that, Pastor, I couldn't believe that. But, okay. So, I mean, obviously now we're just, we're having it from the horse's mouth then. When we're talking about vision, we don't care about what the Bible talks about with vision. We're, mm -hmm. we're using a business sense. I mean, you have a vision for your company. But Pastor, I don't think they said that on purpose. But okay. Anyway. Oops. Uh, now, Pastor Flammy, uh, a member of your church, uh, says, hey, I just got this invitation for this best practices conference. Uh, what do you think? Well, I would say that uh, they're at that conference. They're going to be talking about the church in radically different terms. 
And uh, uh, they're going to be talking about the church in terms that might be familiar to you uh, at work. Uh, some of the things that are valued at work and are even helpful at work. They're going to use these things to, to describe what's going on here at church and uh, talk about implementing some of these uh, programs here in the church so that we can, uh, 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 I guess, create a product for the people who come here, namely that relationship, you know. But, that, but, but look, uh, the language of the church that we need to know about and that we need to learn is the doctrine that comes from Jesus' own mouth. You know, he has a lot to say about his bride, the Holy Christian Church. And uh, the deeper we, we, we grow into understanding that language, uh, the instituting words of the Holy Ministry, for instance, that uh, he breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whoever, whoever sins you, uh, you forgive or forgive it. Whoever sins you bind are bound to them. When we understand this, we understand the church much more profoundly than we could uh, than trying to understand the church from sort of the lens of, of the business world. Each one has its proper place, but we must be careful not to mix the two. Okay, bottom line, and maybe this is for b- both of you to comment on with about a minute each. Um, the Lutheran theology has as its focus uh, comfort, comfort for the terrified conscience, comfort for the soul. How do the strategies proposed by best best business, or sorry, best, sorry, that's a Freudian slip, best practices for, for ministry or five-tune equity, how, how does any of this uh, take away uh, comfort from the terrified conscience? Pastor Flammy? I would say that it, it's, it's really easy uh, to, to, uh, to sort of lay upon the doctrine of Jesus a lot of these business terms and understandings of uh, implementing a program in the office to, to get uh, successful results. Uh, but if we lay that sort of these programs upon the church, suddenly we're given something to do as opposed to something to hear. You know, uh, we come to church because we hear Jesus saying, I, I love you and I forgive you and that you are my child in baptism. Uh, and that it's uh, we, we are certainly given good works to do. But that has a language unto itself as well, you know. And uh, uh, the, the language of the law uh, that has to do, that you'll find out in the business world, has to be understood as law. We can't take this to be the means by which the church is going to be helped or saved. Okay, Pastor Wolfman, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's, what Pastor Flamey says is exactly right. I mean, the church is built on promises. It's, esta- it's established on promises. I mean, there's two fundamentally different ways of looking at the church, and one is as that which is instituted by Jesus, and the other is as a movement, and the movement needs leaders and visionaries and all this sort of stuff. And that is the alternative vision of the church that the missionalists wants to offer. But Jesus has instituted his church. He's established it, and it doesn't move. It's so, built on the rock-solid promises. So is the uh, is the air of, of of missionalism, if I can use that term? Yeah, you can use it. Um, is, is the air of missionalism ecclesiology? No, it gets to Christ. I mean, it really, it, in the end, it's a denial of the ascension. That's what uh, Pastor Graff's fantastic insight. I mean, either Jesus sits on the throne or he does not, which means either... The, the growth and the health of his church is his work, or it is ours. And that's the fundamental difference. So come, someone comes along and says, uh, well, you guys think that you can just sit on your hands and do nothing, and uh, we'll, you know, that's like just walking down the, in the middle of the street and the <laughs> truck's coming, and uh, <laughs> God's will be done. Yeah, always a crisis. They always want a crisis. Look, we work 
not because Jesus needs us, not because if we don't do stuff, the world will perish. People, It's not as if uh, people's salvation hinges on uh, us being faithful, God forbid. We work because Jesus has put us in an office and told us to work. So there's certainly the sin of laziness, but one is motivated by the Lord's command and vocation, and the other is motivated by a panic. And panic is always fighting against faith. I want to thank at Mission Vision 62 for coming on the program today, and also Pastor <laughs> Flammy, the, uh, Brian the Greater, thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's great to have you. And uh, Pastor Wolfner, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like at Mission Vision's Twitter account, nobody follows yet. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm sure you get followed It's, it's destroying my self-understanding. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.